Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Multifamily Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wilber, and I'm very excited to share this conversation with Ryan Perez, the Senior Vice President of Shared Services at Capital Square Living. Ryan has an incredible background in our industry with more than 20 years of service, and she has worked for some of the fastest growing operators in technology and marketing positions. I'm not surprised that CS Living tapped Ryan when they needed someone to bring together all of these functions as they look to integrate management with a pretty remarkable owned portfolio. In this conversation, Ryan and I hit on a handful of my favorite topics. We talk through technology, we talk through industry trends, and we of course talked about the importance of being absolutely employee-centric. This conversation was recorded in person at the Multifamily Social Media Summit in Napa and has truly become one of my favorite ways to get to know people and also to capture content. And I hope that comes through in this really fun conversation. Without further ado, let's get into it. All right, Ryan Prez, really excited to be with you here live at Multifamily Social Media Summit. Yes, thank you for having me. I think of you as an industry icon, and I would like to start with a little bit of your story. You've had quite the experience and tenure in multifamily, and you've found yourself in a cool and unique position today. Yes. And I'd love to hear maybe how you found the role that you're in today. Yes, it's an interesting story. Actually, several years ago, I worked for Landmark Apartment Trust, which is a REIT uh, that was subsequently purchased by Milestone. Um, but during my tenure there, worked for an owner. Um, and stayed in touch with him over the years, became friends, and he reached out to me late last year uh, with this really unique opportunity and said, hey, you know, come help me build this company. So, you know, I think that doesn't happen very often in someone's career to work alongside another person that you respect and trust and to have the opportunity to build something from scratch to really get to put your thumbprint on it. So... It's exciting. I, I feel like you've spent a lot of time in the industry in all sorts of different like sizes and shapes of mm -hmm. organizations. Is this the first time you're entering an organization with the opportunity to build like truly from the ground up? It is. Yes, it is. And as you do that, I'm curious, your title is Senior Vice President of Shared Services. Yes. I would love for you just like maybe unpack that before we jump into what it's been sure. like build, building at Capital Square Living, which I'm really excited to learn more about today. Okay, good. So shared services to us is um, anything that touches um, the back end or the front end of the customer experience. And so it would be oversight of business solutions. So anything that touches Yardi and all of its parts and components um, oversight of marketing and digital strategy, um, and revenue and performance. Okay. Awesome. When, when you're, so Capital Square Living, uh, parent company is Capital Square? Correct. Am I getting that correct? That's correct. And I'm assuming it's like a crawl, walk, run plan into taking over the mm -hmm. kind of vertically integrated management company? Correct. How do you think about crawling, walking, running into doing that? Like huge, huge question, but is that just a property by property or how do you even think about yeah. that transition? It's, it blows my mind just to even think about it. It's a big undertaking, but we spent a lot of time really being deliberate and putting a strategy behind how we would transition when and why. And so it's a little bit about location, markets, region, um, unit count within 
that location, how we plan to support through regional operations, um, because we essentially run from mid-Atlantic down the eastern seaboard. We do have one asset in Texas, so we're west and over. Um, but it's slow to start, so our first transitions happen next Friday, wow. actually. Uh, and those are just two. We will take the month of May and pause, right? Reevaluate, take a breath, make sure that, that we're doing everything the way that we should be doing. Uh, and then from there on, there will be uh, tranches of four to six every month until summer of 24. And at that point, we will have onboarded between 12 and 14,000 units. Wow, that's a long-term plan then. That's yes. not, okay, that's which feels smart. In, in my world, like I've been part of growth technology businesses in the industry mm-hmm. and aligning the organization and the people and the structure of the business is so important and equally so as technology to make sure that you have the right technology to support and drive infrastructure as you're building from the ground up. Mm-hmm. How are you a- approaching that? You're surely inheriting some technology that the properties already have. We're but actually how are, not. Oh, you're not. No, what we are building a foundational structure from scratch. And so we are selecting the technology. The tech stack is part of the most important thing through operational performance. And so we've selected Yardi. And the good news for us is that the majority of, of our properties, because we're just taking management in-house, um, are already utilizing Yardi. So a Y to Y conversion is great. We get the data that we need. It yep. exports over into our system. We have historicals. Um, but our tech stack is something that we're still building. So we're front of the house to back of the house Yardi. But having the ability to look at all of the new technology offerings, um, platforms, interfaces, how those all work together, you know, where there's integration, where there's not, where we know that we want functionality, but we can't have it with a particular platform or provider. And so looking elsewhere in the marketplace to make sure that, that we can find that. And I think ultimately it all, it all goes back to not only just the, the user and the customer experience, but the experience of our team members. And so that is truly what is it. I think it helps differentiate us. It makes, makes us stand out, um, in a sea of vanilla, if you will. Yes. Um, you know, I think there's very few players in our industry that are really innovative and do things differently, um, and actually walk the talk. Um, and we want to be one of those people, you know, we don't just want to tout it on our website, we want to be a company and organization um, that that really does mean it. And so we are employee-centric. It's always the team member first. And we really believe that if we pour into the team member and we give them the foundation, the tools, the technology, the training, the support that they need to perform and excel at their job, then in turn, they will make the resident happy. And in turn, happy residents make investors happy. For right? sure. Because then we create longevity and retention and... It's like a flywheel. I feel like that's almost like the the CS living flywheel is how I see that. Yeah. So I I feel like the last couple of years, and you know it way better than I do because I've never been on the operator side of the industry, but I feel like the last couple of years were absolutely wild for the industry. We Mm -hmm. saw revenue soar. We saw rent growth take off. We've seen some controversy as it's related to things like revenue management, which has been a big challenge for a lot of operators with Mm -hmm. some, some legality the past couple of, you know, quarters. And I feel like all of a sudden, like the screws have tightened. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's some, some headwind that we're feeling for the first time in quite some time. 
And all of a sudden, it feels like residents have once again skyrocketed to the top in terms of predictability as it relates to experience and mm-hmm. retention. That's what I'm hearing. Right. And as you're starting to build this this company with employee centricity and that being the mm-hmm. premise of your flywheel versus starting two or three years ago when it was sort of just like throwing gas on the fire. Right. Has that changed your perspective in terms of how you're thinking about programming or people or, or even just standing up initiatives? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think part of pouring into the team is also making sure that everyone truly has a seat at the table. And in doing so, I think you get a lot of unique ideas and perspectives. Um, the people that are closest to the residents that they serve are those that are on site every day. And so if they got an, if they have an idea about how to support, um, or engage, you know, their residents, then I, I say, you know, we're all ears, right? We, we want to listen to that. And I think there's a lot of tools, right? That we didn't this year that we didn't have even a few years ago to help engage residents, um, to help lengthen their, their residency stays, right? Because we're catering to renters by choice and we know that they have a choice and it's not just about an old school form of how much it's going to cost you to move. Right. Um, it's, it's more about a living experience and what, what we can do for them and how we can make them feel like there's a better and larger sense of community because we are a different organization. And I think that that will shine through in the way that, that we treat our team members and the way that we serve our teams um, and the way that they in turn serve our customers who are the residents. I love that you brought up renters by choice. I'm actually prepping right now for a talk that I'm going to get to give at AIM. Mm-hmm. And one of the like talking points I'm working on is actually just doing some research last week was the, the like rising percentage of renters by choice versus necessity. And I think it's a little bit controversial in terms of like what that actual percentage is or, you know, the definition to mm-hmm. me, it's been, I could afford to buy a home, but I'm choosing to rent has been one of the easiest ways to think about it. Right. Do you have a definition or a way that you think about that, that phrasing? So not many people have shared that with me, renters by choice. I would agree. I would agree with your definition. And I think we're probably going to see a lot more of that as interest rates continue to rise um, because they're, you know, they're pushing yep. um, toward not supply and demand, but they're, they're right. They have to push the rate to uncomfortability For sure. before it will back off again. And I think in turn, for the multifamily industry, um, we'll see a lot more renters by choice join uh, communities such as ours, sure. right? Where they certainly have the means, but they're choosing to rent instead of buy. When you're in the position that Capital Square and Capital Square Living are at today, you have existing assets mm-hmm. and you're taking over management. Does that give you an opportunity to rethink amenities or offers, or or do you sort of have to like make do with what you already have when it comes to positioning the property and the products and things like that? I, I'd love to hear how that, how, how that goes from a marketing and shared services perspective. That's a really unique question. I I think the answer to that is, is never no. Right. I mean, I think being that capital square is the parent company, um, and the ownership group and capital square living is the management company. Um, I think we have the opportunity to partner and pair, right? You know, we, we also have a development arm through capital square. And so we, we build deals mm. as well. Um, and the way that that group looks at things is uniquely different. And I think that every time that you have the ability to, to look at building a new deal, 
you can offer different amenities, right? It just five to seven years ago, pet washes didn't exist. And that was the new and trendy thing. And now it's expected, right? And there are bocce ball courts. And I don't think a lot of people are even building tennis courts anymore. Um, so I think based on what the renter wants, they show us what we can do differently in the space, again, to serve them. Yep. Existing amenities um, could be challenging. But again, I mean, it's it's not anything that's that's off limits. You know, if if we purchase a community that doesn't have a dog park, it's a really simple ad that creates a lot of value. So I think we're always looking to do that for the residents. That's cool. In terms of people, you have a huge title and a huge function that you're you're thinking about really the whole choreography, it sounds like, of marketing and digital, like piping right into revenue. Are there specific teams or functions or roles that you're currently like really thinking about standing up as you embark on building the organization? Uh, roles that we're looking to yeah, hire? Yeah, you, you personally. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I think looking into summer of 23, um, we're looking to bring on a director of marketing. Um, and that's huge, right? That's somebody that's really going to oversee the digital strategy. Um, we're also hiring for future sites that we're looking to take over, um, June. So all, all throughout Q3 and Q4. So we have jobs posted on our website. Okay. There are, uh, what we call living consultants. So playing into capital square living, it's just about a different living experience. Um, so they're not leasing consultants, but living consultants. Like so that. we're hiring for a living consultant, regional manager, um, a service specialist, uh, and many others. But, but yes, look, looking ahead, I think we're going to grow our team strategically. That definitely is going to include, um, marketing and some other corporate level positions, as well as a variety of onsite positions. That's great. As you think about like conferences this year, I feel like there's uh, kind of like the same folks that are on the circuit, but there's always new players, new mm -hmm. perspectives ha over the years. Has your kind of idea around why you attend these things changed? And now you're part of a new company. I'd, I'd love to hear when you come to social media summit, or maybe mm -hmm. we'll see you at aim. Yes. What, what does that look like in terms of why you come and what you hope to bring back to the organizations you represent? It's a good question. I talked to somebody about that yesterday. Oh, and I think over the years, the answer has evolved, at least for me. Um, it's not just about having the opportunity to, to meet the new faces that have joined the industry, but it's also about getting to meet vendor partners and learn about new technology and products that you might not have known about otherwise. But it's primarily the core for me is the content. It's the takeaway. What am I learning? Is it relevant to me? Is it relevant to our company? Does it help show us new and different ways to operate or perform? Um, and Social Media Summit is one of my favorites because of that, because I always come away with content that I feel like I can consume and utilize on a day-to-day -day for our business. I love that. Did you happen to attend the session with the Landmark team about short-form video? Did you make that one I yesterday? Okay, I just had them on and I'll be curious to like get your take because I just did like a re-recording with them because I okay. knew a lot of people missed it because of the traffic snafu. Yeah. And uh, they talked a lot about like modernizing social media, mm -hmm. short form specifically, catering to Gen Z, who is now 31% of the mm -hmm. renter pool. And so uh, I typically don't attend a ton of the sessions that I've attended right. more than a few this time. And I'm, I'm actually excited to take some things back to clients as well as our business as well. That's great. That's uh, great. Um, do you have any questions for me? Kind of a curveball for you. It's a gentle one and no, no, no pressure. 
What, what do you feel like you're doing differently in the space in 2023 than you were doing pre pandemic? It's a great question. I, I would say one of the things that I've learned in the nine or 10 years I've been in our industry is that too often I've seen clients or prospective clients purchase technology before their business was ready for it. And, uh, I'd say like organizational alignment is something that I can't necessarily like create for a prospect, but I can operate as an advisor as it relates to whether or not you've got the readiness to, find success in what we have to offer at Rent Dynamics or in a past life G5, whatever that might be. And I would say that's now something I'm like completely obsessed with in almost slowing down or elongating the sales mm-hmm. engagement to make sure that we've both defined what the moment of value is going to be mm-hmm. and if we're ready for it. And oftentimes I'm finding a lot of value right now and saying, you know what, I think you should stick it out for six more months and really try to go to the well with your current provider or let's get those couple hires off the ground first because we're, we're not going to be able to go fast enough as it relates to your expectations. And that's controversial to say as a salesman, but I will say that that is my moment of value that I'm really trying to deliver to our customers or prospects is, are we both ready to go find success? And I think there is a lot of greatness that's going to come from that perspective of not always saying yes to the sale. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. I actually was having a conversation over breakfast this morning about that same exact thing. Are we ready for the technology? Because there's so much in the marketplace now, and there's a lot of what I would call layering without duplication. And so I think we're having to look at it from a different lens, whereas before, even a few years ago, we might have said, we choose provider A, but not provider B. And I think now there's a definite distinction between a lot of the different products and offerings, but both still provide value. Both still help nurture the customer through their journey, their sales journey. And so I don't think it's a matter of picking A or B. I think it's a matter of strategically layering your, your technology in a way that positions you to be successful for the customer. And so there comes a point where you have to make sure that functionally it works that it integrates, um, that there's data integrity, right? Mm -hmm. That there's trackability, but that it also provides a cohesive experience because I do think there is such a thing as layering too many things. Totally. So I agree. Yes. It just becomes cloudy and muddy. Um, and I, I think it's important to, to have those transparent conversations with your customers and, and to find the distinction of what each particular function is and where it provides value. And if it doesn't provide value, then let's not do it. Totally. I, in my five years at Nike, there were a couple things I'd say like I added to my personal playbook. And one of them that's like a, a hard skill thing that's impacted my experience in technology is the incredible amount of layers of technology that Nike had. It was Band-Aid after Band-Aid versus consolidating and creating experiences. And in product creation, we had SAP on top of Oracle, on, on top of a DOS environment, and they were all irrelevant, but we never took the time as an organization. Granted, 36,000 employees, I understand. Right. But had the business taken the time to zoom back, mm-hmm. you know, simplify and then go, which we finally did in product creation, 
things got so much better. And I think we see that oftentimes in our world, hey, that's a shiny object, let's do it. But now all of a sudden, we've created this incredibly complex experience for our residents or our employees. And the friction that exists there is a reason not to do business with you or not to rent from you. Mm -hmm. And I just think there's a lot to be said about, do you have the organizational readiness to do it? Do you have the hypothesis Mm -hmm. of what you want to see out of the program? And if so, well, then we should definitely have a conversation. And I think that's one of my biggest learnings these last couple of years is we all went a little bit hogwild the last couple of years, especially. (laughs) Agreed. Uh, Last question. Do you, do you know someone named Dom beverage? No. So Dom was a real page guy. He was part of, um, ILM before they were acquired. And he now leads a consulting firm called 20 for 20. Okay. And they publish publish a white paper uh, called 20 for 20. It's 20 conversations with the senior executives on the operator side. And I'll, I'll share the white paper with you. I think you'd really enjoy reading it. Okay. But they ultimately boil down um, the top focus areas in the coming year for industry executives, mm-hmm. like just like yourselves. And uh, they talk a lot this year about centralization, ESG, ancillary services, things that we're all talking about. And it was really interesting reading his take because he talks about how most executives that are thinking about centralizing are mm-hmm. thinking about leasing property admin, rep- like repetitive tasks, like collections or maintenance, but that over 80% of them are still thinking about it and talking about it because they're not ready. And right. I just thought that was like a good, okay, you don't need to go buy a new CRM to solve that. Like, let's take the time. And as you were saying what you were just saying, it really connected me back to 20 for 20. That Yeah. I'd love to take a look at that. Yeah. I think dissecting some of those bigger conversations is the only way that you're going to get to the truth about what your organization is, is, or isn't ready to do. I totally agree. Well, I loved getting to chat with you. Thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on all of the growth and success. I am a huge fan of new. I'm a huge fan of growth. And I think that what you all are embarking on sounds like you've a assembled a dream team It also sounds like you're going to really make some plays. And so I'm excited to cheer you on. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it.